Uh, we're going to look at uh, a familiar passage, but I'm going to look at it through two translations. Uh, the first is uh, NIV, the first two verses, Philippians chapter 4, uh, 6 and 7. The second is NLT, uh, verses 8 and 9. So we're just going to read it uh, uh, together uh, in, in synchronization. Uh, don't worry, I'm going to read it. Do not be anxious. Everybody shout anxious. Not be anxious about anything, Thanksgiving, Christmas, gifts, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, shout, peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts, at your emotions, and your mind, at your intellect, in Christ Jesus. Watch this. Next verse. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Shout one final thing. Listen, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And then Paul says, I'm the model for this. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received. Uh, uh, from me, everything you've heard from me and saw me doing, watch this, then the God of peace, shout, the God of peace, peace. will be with you. Lord, meet us in this teaching. Open our eyes, how we can break the mundaneness of life. In Jesus' name, shout amen. amen. All right, please be seated. It's fascinating how you can read a biblical text or passage of scripture for years, literally. And then one day you read that passage again and suddenly it opens up and you see a brand new world. Incredible insight that can be transformational. That's partly because scripture, the word of God, as Paul teaches us, is living, engages us in our life. That is what happened with this particular passage. Very, very familiar passage. The first insight I realized as I looked at this passage to prepare for this uh, weekend is that verses 6 through 9, which is all about anxiety. Can you shout anxiety? Is actually the center of this chapter. It is what holds the chapter together and is what makes the chapter make sense as the entire book moves towards its crescendo in the next chapter. Now, if without that section on anxiety, uh, this chapter feels like a loosely uh, connected uh, kind of collection of of stories and teachings. Paul starts off by talking about two Christian ladies, two uh, Christian ladies who are leaders in a congregation, and their relationship is broken down and they're fighting. He's challenging about that. He moves to talking about the power of humility, and he teaches about that. And then he moves to talking about rejoicing, in a sense, recognizing the the wonders around us uh, through the lens of our relationship with Jesus and and having real joy. talks about that. And then comes verses 6 through 9, which is all about anxiety. And then he ends the chapter by talking about generosity, and he commends the people who have uh, been generous to his ministry uh, much the same way that we seek to be generous through Be Rich to Others campaign. 
loosely connected insights. And yet, it's anxiety that connects all of these stories. Some of you know that, that anxiety in the form of jealousy or envy or fear can undermine incredibly important relationships. Anxiety uh, and uh, the form of insecurity uh, can hinder our ability to live lives out of a place of humility. You know what humility is? It's, it's the ability to acknowledge when you have made a mistake or when you're struggling. It's the ability to ask for help when you need it. And so many of us are afraid to acknowledge a struggle or ask for help because we are convinced that if we do so, it will confirm in other people's minds that we are not enough. Enough. Anxious. They worry. And then, of course, uh, when it comes to rejoicing, we know that it's anxiety wrapped in the blanket of depression often that blinds us to the gifts of God that surrounds us every day. We just can't see them. And surely it's anxiety and expresses worry that stops some of us from living lives of generosity. In other words, we find it difficult to give and to serve others because we're so worried that we won't have enough. Somebody shout anxiety. Anxiety. So you see, anxiety is the, is the centerpiece of this chapter and is a very real piece in our everyday Silicon Valley lives. Anxiety. Now, here's what's interesting. We're going into the holiday season, starting with Thanksgiving this week and moving into Christmas. And here's what I, here's what I know. The holiday season does not decrease our anxiety, <laughs> but rather it increases our anxiety, right? All right. Pastor Tilden started talking about we're all going to have be at uh, with our family for Thanksgiving on Thursday. The moment some of y'all heard that, your blood pressure started to rise. Let's be, you know, it's truthful. <laughs> I mean, some of you are thinking right now about that relative that is always at these Thanksgiving dinners that is completely unfiltered in what he or she says. You never know what they're going to say. You're thinking about their relative right now. And, 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 and you're wondering, oh my goodness, I have this, uh, this platonic friend, or I have this new love affair that's blooming, or I have a, a spouse that I want to take to my family Thanksgiving dinner, but I don't know. I'm going to keep him away from this person. I mean, I mean, I mean can't you see it? I mean, I mean your, your friend takes, I don't know, two hours to pick out just the perfect sweater to wear to Thanksgiving dinner. And, 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 and here she shows up, and you're standing there, and that uncle comes. And with a twinkle in his eye, he says to your friend, Wow, did someone tell you that this is an ugly sweater party? <laughs> <laughs> and he laughs, and everybody's uncomfortable. And then he sees in your eyes that he's kind of like messed up, and he says, Well, you know, I'm just kidding. I don't mean any harm. <laughs> Shout anxiety. 
Somebody in here perhaps maybe have gotten an email this, uh, this week that, uh, that the, the turkey dressing is going to be cooked this year by that cousin or that sibling who just doesn't know how to cook turkey dressing. <laughs> and it's messed up your whole week. Because it's like it's the favorite part of your meal. I can, I, I can see you there on Thursday with your plate full of stuff and the relative cup and says, you, 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 you didn't get, you don't have to have any dressing? <laughs> and your response is, I'm, I'm on a dressing diet. <laughs> how long have you been on a dressing diet? Well, how long have I been here? No. <laughs> Shout anxiety. <laughs> Woo. Oh, some of you are thinking about, you know, you take your kids and there's that group of kids for your cousins or your siblings or whatever that you want to keep your kids from. You got to keep an eye on because they're not just from another community or neighborhood. They're from another planet, right? <laughs> The fact of the matter is that sometimes we don't feel secure about our kids being safe at our own family gatherings. When somebody say anxiety, see, holidays increase our anxiety. Well, it's Christmas, of course. You know, you, they've already started playing Christmas. It's like Thanksgiving. First time you hear Silent Night or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, blood pressure starts to rise. Why? You know why? Because you're thinking, how in the world am I going to find the time to buy all these gifts? Are you thinking, how in the world am I going to find the money to buy all these gifts? that I cannot afford. And you're looking at the debt limit, the misery index on your credit card rise. Can you say anxiety? Anxiety, anxiety, see? I submit to you that it is anxiety that more often than not makes us work harder and harder and harder, that makes us run faster and faster and faster. It turns life into a treadmill, if you will, that starts early in the morning when we wake our eye, open our eyes, and it goes all the way until the night and when we lay down and close our eyes. And, 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 and Lord help us, most times we can't even remember what's in between. That's when life becomes routine. Wrapped up, we're tied up, we're tangled up in anxiety. And has squeezed all of the wonder out of life. I'm sure some of you cannot remember the last time that you had a real wow moment. Or you can't remember the last time that, you, that, that something, you know, for real, took your breath. And yet I'm here to tell you and to teach you through this series that we're starting this week, and I hope you stay with us, 
uh, over the course of this series that, in fact, it can be different. Because whether you are homeless, as hard and difficult as that is during any time, and especially during the holiday seasons, or or whether you're grieving the loss of a loved one, as painful as that is, as you imagine that table with that empty seat, or, or, or whether you are just uh, uh, engaged in a, in a horrendously busy uh, schedule, as intense as that might be, I'm here to assure you that regardless of your circumstances, God has surrounded your life with gifts and blessings and wonder all around. It's there. It's there. You have to see it. And the insight of this text is to teach us uh, how to see it. I'm going to tell you, here's what you got to do first thing. Say this with me. So you got to slow down. You've got to see it. You've got to experience it. I'm going old school today, and this is it. First one in order to see it. Here it is. You've got to write it down. Say it with me again. Slow down. Look for it. Experience it. Slow down. Look for it. Experience it. Now, let me just give you an example. Our life is full of wonders. I want to show you a unique cell phone. Do you remember this? <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> this is like one of the first cell phones. I remember this. It used to come, it's a big old phone like this, and it's in a bag like this, right? <laughs> and it was like, I don't know, like $3 a minute to use. Right? What a wonder. I'll tell you what, since we're talking about phones, I still remember collect calls. The young people don't even know what collect call is. You know, a collect call, uh, I can still remember, operator, will you place a collect call back home if so-and-so the number is da-da-da-da-da? Let me tell you what a collect call is. A collect call is when I call you and you pay for it. What a wonder. We interact with it every day. Let me show you something else. This has a great camera. It's got the three little things in the camera. Let me show you one of my favorite cameras. Watch this. You remember that? <laughs> Actually, I remember the camera before this. being like a big camera, and you take the picture, you had to pull the side out, and then the film was in there, come on out, and you had to let the film develop. Anybody remember that? Right, right. And then I remember when this first came out, you know, this picture would come out, it would be a lot slower. But when it really got innovative, come on, you would take the picture, it was a zip, and everybody would go, wow. And, and you put the picture down on a table somewhere, and you wait for like five hours for it to exist. <laughs> it would develop right there in front of your eyes, and sometimes it would partially develop. <laughs> Like, where's your face? Hmm? What a wonder. Someone showed up in our world from 1919, 200 years ago. They would go, wow. All day long. 
what you and I take for granted. <laughs> That's what I love about this text. In this text, totally blows my mind. Paul just opened up a whole new world for me, right? About, about how to live a lifestyle. Because innovation comes in and it goes, but how to live a lifestyle that keeps you in touch with wonder, despite your circumstances. All right. The first thing he does is he makes two supernatural promises. Paul says, if you do what I teach you to do between verses 6 and verses 9, I can guarantee you, I can make to you two supernatural promises. Everybody shout, supernatural. <laughs> two supernatural promises. The, the, the first promise is really seen in verse 7. After he said, don't be anxious, but pray, so forth and so on. In verse 7, he says, here's the first promise. He says, uh, uh, for the peace of God, shout, peace of God. Uh, the, the first promise is, is, is about a, a supernatural power. The peace of God that transcends, that exceeds human understanding. Your ability to explain or explain away shall stand guard around your emotions, your heart, and your mind, your intellect. Now, don't confuse what Paul is saying. He's not suggesting that the object of what you're worrying about is going to go away. He's not suggesting that the thing that is the great pain in your life is going to go away. He's not suggesting that the uncertainty that you bear about the future because of whatever's going on in your life right now is going to go away. No, he's saying the pain will remain, the uncertainty will remain, uh, 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 the, the, the worry of, of whatever will remain. But he's saying in the middle of all of that, there will come forth, watch it, a peace. Shout, practice the peace. Shout it. Sometimes it's a faint peace. You barely register it, but it's there. Sometimes it's, 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 it's much more strong and powerful, but it is so disconcerting because it's inconsistent with your human experience. It doesn't make sense to you that you should have peace given what's going on in your life. So because it does not make sense to you, rather than leaning into this place of peace, you discredit and discount it and choose to engage in the worry. Because that feels right to you. Shout, supernatural power. Peace. Right in the middle. Secondly, he promises, is a supernatural presence. It really shows up at the very end of everything in verse 9 after he gives us the insight. And, and then he says, I've modeled it. Then here's what he says. I can promise you this. Then the God of peace will be what? Tell the person next to you. That means you too. God of peace will be with you. The next time in your moment of worry or concern, tears are flowing, just say, welcome, God of peace. You're welcome here. Hmm? Next time you're laying out because uh, 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 what your challenges are, in the middle of it, say, thank you, God of peace. I know you're here. I know you're with me. 
So those are the two supernatural promises. Paul says that if you do what I'm about to teach you how to do, you, will, you can guarantee, you, 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 you are assured these two supernatural promises. All right, Paul, I'm excited. How do I get these two supernatural promises? Come on, everybody shout hi. Get a person next to you a high five and say how, 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 how. <laughs> it's a great question. Good gosh. Paul says in order to get these two supernatural promises, watch this, you're going to have to do two unnatural practices. Shout unnatural. unnatural. I mean the two practices that he's going to teach us, they don't come natural. They're not something that we regularly are inclined to do. The first unnatural practice is that Paul says that you have to be prayerful. Shout, be prayerful. Be prayerful daily, I would argue. Here it is. Be anxious for nothing. But in all things, verse 6, with prayer, come on now, make your petitions and, 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 uh, and everything, make your prayer and petition known with thanksgiving. Tell them the list of requests, plural. But make sure you, 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 you do it inside of thankful prayer. All right. Here's a challenge. My wife and I were inspired by Pastor Dan and Rebecca's message two weekends ago. I mentioned prayer inside of that. We, we decided to do something as a family uh, every night between now and the end of the year. Every night. Shout every night. Every night. We, we have three to five minutes, no more than five minutes, of prayer together as a family. Right? Me, Rhonda, and Lauren, my 15-year-old. Three, five minutes. And we, we, it's amazing how you discover what's on people's heart. As you pray together. And we, we lay out what our concerns are, what we need God to help us with. But we always include in there what we're thankful for. I loved Lauren the other night. She said, God, I thank you. I was struggling with this test. And I didn't know the answer. And, and then the answer came. That was you. How great it is to hear 15-year-old play, pray like that. So I want to challenge you to pick up this challenge and say, you know, every night I'll put it on the calendar between now and the end of the year, we're going to do this. Now listen, listen, uh, you do it with your friends, uh, you do it with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, do it as a family, however you want to do it, but do it with, with, with some folk. Watch this. Now the key is keep it to three to five minutes. Do not be the person in the family or in the group that says the spirit has come upon me and 20 minutes later you're still praying. <laughs> everybody shout no <laughs> now yes the spirit will come upon you I get that but close it out come on now with the group go on in your prayer closet and pray as long as you want <laughs> come on if you take this child let me see your hand come on let me see your hand I'm, I'm going to put you come on put it beautiful 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 fantastic that's an unnatural thing, though, isn't it? Huh? The second unnatural thing that he teaches. It's really captured in these six, uh, 
these, these uh, six uh, uh, virtues. And here's how I summarize it. Uh, be prayerful. That's unnatural. Watch it. Be present in the moment. Say it with me. Say, be present in the moment. You see, we spend a lot of time worrying about what happened yesterday and six months ago and last year. There's not one thing we can do to change that. We spend a lot of time anxious and worried about what the future is going to bring, but we can't control the future. The one thing that we have right now is this moment. Practice being present in what? Okay, well, how do you do that? All right, let me teach you. It's right here at the heart of the text, verse 8. Come on. Uh, he, he, he puts it up there, verse 8. Here he says, he says, uh, he says fix your thoughts on what? Here, here they are. What is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovable, what is admirable? That's six. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to explain each one of these. And that's right. That's from the country. <laughs> Every now and then, Cushada sneaks out. I'm going to explain each one of these. And every day, you're going to pursue one. All right? And we're going to take it in order. Write it down. Write it down in your notes on the bulletin. We're going to put it on the thing too. And every day, starting tomorrow, all right, what are they? Here we are. First thing is, it says, whatsoever is true. Everybody shout true. And what Paul is saying is, I know you may be dealing with sickness. I know that there's a loss of loved ones. I know there's tragedy and trials and a lot of stuff to be anxious for. But just let me ask you a question. Is there something true in your life? Is there something trustworthy? Is there something reliable? Is there something that is absolutely firm? Then you need to acknowledge it. You need to, 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 to write it down. Look for it. Experience it for a moment. Thank God for it. Tell other people, this is true about my life. Get on social media. You can use, use social media for some good sometimes. Get on it. Tell them. It's firm. For some of you, it may be the fact that your, your kids have graduated from school and they got a good, solid education. You can't control what's going to happen, but you know they're solid with their education. Firm. For some of you, it may be that friend that you've had for decades who's thick and thin, and you know that that's firm. What is it? Name it. Live in that space for a moment. That's Monday. Everybody shout true. Tuesday. You're going to look for the honorable. Shout honorable. honorable. You know what we mean here? Is there anything in your life worthy of your respect? Is there any, any, any relative or friend or leader or colleague that you absolutely respect and you have access to and they have access to you and, 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 and they are the means of a blessing for you? Can you find one person like that? Huh? 
can write it down. Maybe you can know three people. And you write it down. And you live in that experience. You tell others about it during the course of that day. You celebrate it. Right? That's Tuesday. Wednesday. He says, right, that word is a substitute word for justice. Just. Right? So on Wednesday, you're going to look, we spend so much time talking about what's not fair in our lives. What's not equitable. How people have taken advantage of it. And a lot of that is true, and I don't know if we should be aware of that. I don't know the cool with that. But let me ask you something. Is there any place in your life where there is some fairness? Is there any place in your life where things are equitable? As a matter of fact, uh, Pastor Tilden taught us months ago that if God is unfair, he is unfair in our favor. What does that look like in your life? In the midst of what you're going on. Another way of saying it, another way of looking at this this notion of right, is what's going right in your life? I know you've been talking for weeks about what's going wrong. I know you tell your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your sister, but can you just take a moment? Is there anything going right? Anything. I mean, did you wake up this morning? Is your heart beating? Is your blood running? Come on now. Did you walk in here? Come on now. Uh, 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 is there anything going right? Spend Wednesday thinking about that, writing that down. Putting it on social media, telling people this is what's going right in my life. Then Thanksgiving Day, Thursday. That's that's pure. Everybody shout pure. Not a complicated word. I first saw it and I said, no, it makes sense. I got it. It, it. it really one thing. It refers to the to the sacred, to the authentic in your life. Now, let, me, let me let me let me give you an example. The other night, I had to fix my daughter's uh, bed. It was a wood frame, and the thing broke. And I had to get the little deal. Playing. In my house, people get worried when I get a toolbox. <laughs> they get nervous. They get nervous. It's, just call somebody. No, I got it. I got it. I don't need to call. No, call Herman Hamilton. I'm here. <laughs> and I got to measure the stuff that needs to be measured. And then I took it to Home Depot. You can do anything in Home Depot. Make you super carpenter man. And, and so they got a saw, big old electric saw. And it will saw your boards like, just like that. So I went there and I found this young man who was helping me. And we went to the saw. Lo and behold, the saw didn't work. It was broke. But the young man struck me. He's a young African-American male, about 19, 20 years old. He's going to junior college. He's staying with his grandmother here. He's polite. He's, yes, sir. No, say, reminded me of me growing up. Reminded, I could see my, my son in him a little bit. And, and, and before I knew it, we were talking. He said, well, that's not, he said, but we got a handsaw over here. And I got these big old, like, four or five foot boards. And he said, handsaw. <laughs> it, it, it's been like it's been like I don't know 35 almost 40 years since I did a hand saw 
and he he's never done a hand song. <laughs> Not ever. <laughs> he just knew what it looked like. <laughs> so we came over. I said, "Well, come on over here. We'll, we'll figure it out." And I, we were just engaging him, and 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 you know, I I started and I showed him how to saw, and then. And then, and, then, and then he took another piece, and he did it, and, and I started. I said, now you finish it, and, and we're talking, and, and he's telling me about his church destiny, and Pastor Paul Shepherd is his pastor, and he was quoting stuff from, that he learned in spiritual growth, and, and I was just having an hour pass by. I was just having a ball, special between him and I. At the end of it, you know, he had never really met Pastor Paul. It's a little, kind of a little large church, and, and, and so... I said, well, hold on, hold on a moment. And I, I put, picked out my phone to text Pastor Paul. And, and me and Pastor Paul, we, we, we crossed paths multiple times. Maybe we connected once a year and a half or whatever. But I texted him. And I said, here's the young man, gave him the name. I said, I told the young man to come up to you on Sunday and tell you what he told me. About 15, 20 minutes, Pastor Paul texts me back and says, thank you. Tell that young man I'll be looking for him. Wow, isn't that amazing? And when I look back on my, this week, I carried it with me. You know what? That was where the sacred appeared. Sacred. What does it look like for you? Huh? Maybe it's the birth of a new grandbaby. You see the sacred. Right? You're going to pull out the phone. You're going to FaceTime the, the grandbaby. I don't know. But, but surely on Thanksgiving Day, you'll talk about where the sacred shows up. Another way of talking about it is, what am I doing right? Right? This notion of purity. We, we, we often talk about what we're doing wrong. I mean, my wife, she, she forces me to watch Judge Judy. Does, 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 commandeers the TV. And I'm startled by how silly some folk can really be. And then what shocked me is, I said to Rhonda, I got, I got just Judy people in my congregation. And I'm happy you're here. It's wonderful. I get it. Right? Right. Come sometime I'm a just Judy person. Right? Uh, 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 and yet, so what my point here is, that so often you feel like a just Judy person. You feel like, here's where I keep missing it. Here's where I keep getting it wrong. Here's where I keep tripping it up. But let me just ask you a question. Surely there's something you're doing right. If you're sitting in this church this morning, that was a series of decisions that you made that got you here. Surely there's something you're doing right. Yeah. What about on Thursday? You just focus on what you're doing right. Huh? Call that out. Post that. Talk about it. Make a mental record of it. Then comes uh, Friday. Everybody shout, lovely. 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 What, what, what Paul means by that? He says, is there anything that gives you pleasure, satisfaction? Or, or is there anything in your life, no matter how challenging it is, that you would just call beautiful, that, that, that's commendable? Here's an example. Remember I told you, you got to slow down. You got to look for it. Then experience it. In the new neighborhood we moved in, Beautiful, there's a wonderful coffee shop and some stuff up the street. I need to go do some work there. I decided not to drive. Yeah. Yeah. Slow down. I said, I'm going to walk. I was walking, it's about a five minute walk, not long. 
And as I walked in the middle of the walk, I was stricken by reality that I had been driving through all day. And it was that on yesterday, the temperature at the end of November was 67, 68 degrees. And the sun was shining so beautifully. And when I got to the coffee shop, these young people from the universities and all was out there. And there was such energy. And I just paused a moment. Because y'all, I'm from Boston. <laughs> and at the end of November, you got 10 layers of y'all. It's so cold. And I just took in the beauty of Lastly, admirable. Everybody shout admirable. That's Saturday. That's before you come back here on Sunday. It's admirable. It says, says really the word really means uh, 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 using your words to give good news. Right? That, 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 there's another way that the other translator translates it. What's commendable? What's worth talking about? That's awesome. All right? Don't look at CNN and Fox News trying to find no good news. They specialize in bad news. That's how they make their money. But surely, there is some good news somewhere in your life. Dig it out. You had a good doctor's report. You got a good grade. Come on. Say some good news. Your child came home and washed dishes for the first time in two years. I mean, come on. (laughs) Without being prompted. (laughs) Saturday, I want you to find the good news. You know Jesus. He knows you. Good news. And remember, every day you're going to pick one and you're going to be working this through the day. And then that night you're going to be praying with family or friends, right? And remember, you're going to be talking about what you need. But you're gonna, these are going to be prayers of thanksgiving too. And you will have identified during the day when you're going to give thanks for it in the evening. Cell phones go and come. Technology go and come. Paul just introduced us. Here's how you live a lifestyle that stays in touch with the wonder. Let me me end it here. Oh, uh, you know, the the summary of, of, of all of this is you know, I know there's some ugliness in your life. Don't ignore it. But isn't there some beauty? I know there's things going wrong in your life. Don't ignore it. Deal with it. But isn't there some things going right? Huh? And Paul summarizes everything. He said, man, listen, if there is any, he's just going, he summarizes, anything that's excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, as Paul saying, surely you can find something. Now, listen, I was in, I'm going to close that. I was, I was in the... Uh, the cafe that I'm telling you about I went to, and they were playing their music, and I put on my headphones to listen to my music. And 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 and, and I was listening to Mary Mary. And 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 Mary Mary, they were playing a song right in the middle. I don't know, can I find it? Here it is. Right in the middle, it was so powerful, the lyrics, right when I was writing, finishing up this tag, right when I got to this part right here. 
And, 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 and here, here's what the lyrics said. I wrote it down. Here's what, the, here's what Mary Mary was saying. They said, they talking about God. They talking about why they praise him. They say, you took everything I was and made me what I am. He said, with all I am, I worship you. And then they said, you took the worst of me and made the best of me. I, I, I got to go, y'all, but, 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 is there anything praiseworthy I, I often think about? Now, now, you may not have a relationship with God. You may not believe in God, and, and you may not have seen God move in your life, and, and that's okay. You can just sit here, and you can just watch me. I'm just so happy that you're here, uh, but I just hope that there's somebody here who can remember like I remember when, 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 when everybody had counted me out, but God counted me in. Come on now. I, I wonder if there's somebody here who remembers the way I remember. Listen, I'm not all that I ought to be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. Is there anybody here who can give God some praise? Who he rescued, he saved, he blessed. If you know something about that God, make some noise in this place. Make some noise in this place. Shout hallelujah. Praiseworthy. Amen.